It's time for Real Estate Roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry is a 29-year veteran with Coldwell Banker located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. Well, I know the stock market is soaring. I guess you can say that. What about new home sales? Are they going up too? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) The sales of, you know, the new U.S. homes have jumped last month, actually to the highest level since October 2007. A lot of it has to do, Steve, if you think about it, you know, we went through Irma, we went through Harvey. So a lot of these numbers, you know, because there's a lack of, well, there's a lack of inventory all across the country, but in these hard hit areas, a lot of people may be replacing homes or going to new construction. So I think the leap is kind of skewed a little bit to a higher level than it probably should be. But absolutely, irregardless of that, new home sales are rising. Well, you know, that's good news for the economy. You know, the stock market is rising. I follow the stock market as a money manager day in and day out. And there's really good reasons for a rise in the stock market, in my opinion, because basically the economy is growing beautifully. We have low inflation, low interest rates, lots of what they say call Goldilocks. It's the Goldilocks scenario, not too hot, not too cold. But I think home sales are kind of getting the same. What about existing home sales? Are they showing any kind of pickup as well? You know, the problem with the existing home sales is just there's no inventory. Still. Still. I mean, it's it's down. It keeps dropping. Hello, sellers. If you're out there, put your home on the market. (laughs) Price it right and it'll sell. (laughs) And then move out of the area or something. And then just move out of the area. And then go find a new development someplace uh, where it's affordable. (laughs) And actually, new construction firms are having problems finding people to work. That's part of the reason why we don't have as many new construction sites is because it's hard for them to find workers. Wow. Which is kind of crazy, isn't it? Well, you know, in a cycle when there's a lot of building, then workers become more scarce because they're all working. And then prices generally rise. They have to pay people more in order to get them to work and prices start to rise. I mean, I don't really know what's going on in that industry, but if you're telling me that it's hard to find workers, it's probably one of the reasons that most of them are already working. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you sent me an article about one of the longer term trends that we're seeing that's really going to have an effect on real estate in the future, and that is the long term decline of childbirth rates and How are they saying that's going to affect real estate? Yeah, you know, you don't think about it, but, you know, a lot of these McMansions were built in the 80s, 90s. You have these, you know, extremely large homes. But, you know, when you go to sell those homes, you have to have somebody moving into those homes. And the trend is smaller homes because we're having smaller size families. There's also a trend where people are wanting to move more towards the downtown areas, city areas where you find the McMansions, what have you further out yeah. so that it is having an impact, you know, and people are basically delaying getting married and having fewer children and long-term that's going to have an effect. It's not like it's a big effect going on right now. If you have a McMansion, don't worry about trying to sell it, but it is something to think about in the future. And something else they were saying, uh, according to the National Association of Builders, that home buyers tend to seek out properties that offer 800 square feet per person in their household. That's an interesting statistic. I never saw that before. No, neither had I. Yeah. So if there's three people, we're talking about 2,400 square feet is kind of the average right. that people are looking for. So I don't know. What does that mean to you? You know, it, it just makes me think that 
down the road, it's going to be harder to sell a lot of these very large homes that were out in the suburbs. You know, five, six, there's some houses where there are seven bedrooms. Yeah. And there's three people living in the house. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So there's a lot of boomers out there that have purchased these big suburban homes. And you're saying not right now, there isn't an issue. But as time goes on, there may be more of an issue to sell these bigger McMansions because people, as you say, are moving into smaller homes and they're moving closer to the cities or at least more urban type environments. Right. That's an interesting demographic change, I'll tell you. Yeah, it's just something to be aware of and, you know, keep in the back of your mind. All right. I want to switch gears here because this is very important. You know, we work with a lot of clients that, you know, have assets and one of their primary assets is their home. And there's a very good question in your real estate survival guide this week. It asks, is it wise to add a child's name to older adults' deeds? You know, it's interesting. It's a great question because my initial reaction says, yeah, that's a great idea. But when you really think about it and look into this, no, it's not necessarily a good idea. And to answer this question properly, everyone's situation is unique and different. And you have to consult a, a tax attorney and a, your financial advisor. Absolutely. But to answer the question in general, you got to think about when you add an adult child to the deed, you're also giving them permission to say no to selling your house. So mm. if you may be in a situation, you want to sell the house, but the adult child refuses to. So that's going to you know, prevent a problem for you. The question is, do you really want to ask your child's permission to sell your house? Right. And you'll need to, yeah. So. Right. And there's something else that I, I never really realized, that you're also subjecting the child, it now becomes part of their asset. Yeah. So if that child is getting sued or going through a divorce or filing bankruptcy, his or her creditors mm-hmm. may attempt to collect against that asset. Mm-hmm. That may not be necessarily a good situation. And then there's maybe tax consequences as a result of this. You know, property that is transferred by inheritance is given very you know, preferable tax treatment. At death, the IRS allows a stepped-up basis mm-hmm. on your investments once they've transferred into the hands of their heirs. Yeah. So in other words, let me just say that very quickly. If you bought a house for $100,000 and it's worth $500,000 and you pass away, your heirs inherited at the stepped-up basis of $500,000. If you've got someone else's name on the deed, then you know what? You may lose that step-up in basis. And then when the house is sold, have to pay a lot of taxes. Right. Terry, we are out of time. I'm so sorry, but uh, (laughs) we got to go. So um, once again. My guest, as always, is Terry Story. Terry is a 29-year veteran with Coldwell Banker and can be found at terrystory.com. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve.